One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Let's go to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. Jane Pickett joining me. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you are uh, welcome. Let me start straight away with a question that's relevant. Uh, actually, I think something similar came in last week. This is from Kat. Uh, please, could you ask Jane, what can I give my dog when there's thunder? She's getting very stressed during any thunderstorm activity. Would rescue remedy help or is there anything else I could consider? Mm, this is always a big concern when we go through a space of kind of thundery and lightning weather. And I, I can see it in my own dogs as well. My heart goes out to the listener because I, you know, I'm right there with you. One of my own dogs is really not a fan of thunder and lightning. There's been a lot of it around recently. And, you know, it can be quite stressful watching them being stressed. You really feel for them. So it's not a nice thing. Um, I suppose what I would suggest is it's best to manage their environment as best you can rather than medicate them unless they really need it. And then under the guidance of your vet. So the things I would normally suggest are make sure they're secure inside. Don't be letting them out off the lead because if a clap, clap of thunder or lightning happens and they run off, they'll run off and get lost. Um, so make sure they're inside when any storms are going on um, and, and, you know, nice and secure. Try and create them an area in the house that's like their little den. So if they're crate trained or something like that, the crate is perfect because if they like to go into that and that's their safe space, you can make it a little bit more soundproof by putting some blankets and pillows and things like that around it, which can help to kind of dampen the noise of the claps of thunder a little bit. Um, But I, I think really for them, you need to be guided by what they want to do. Some dogs will want to be with you and be really, really clingy, in which case that's okay. I think the main thing you can do is stay calm so don't be kind of looking stressed out or you know constantly checking in on them and um, because they'll interpret that as my owner is scared so I should be scared so just try and remain nice and relaxed even if you have to put on a bit of an act and um, but some dogs will want to hide away themselves so if they hide away in their kind of den area or a quiet area a back bedroom or something like that you know leave them to it just make sure that they're checking check in occasionally from a distance on them have a little chat from a distance but don't try and forcefully move them to be with you if that's not what they want you really you just have to be guided by them put something on in the background as well some classical music or the tv that you're watching and play it a little bit louder than usual just to kind of temper the sound a little bit too now if all of those things don't work for your pet there are a number of different things you can do i suppose one thing you can do is 
desensitization so sound desensitization if you look on on kind of various of the music providers you'll be able to find kind of thunder and lightning sound desensitization for pets or you used to be able to get cds back in the days where we all used to use cds but that's a long-term fix that's something that you can play you know when when there is not storms going on that's a long-term project for next year when those storms rock around again get them used to the sound but sometimes it can be the vibration that bothers them and that's not something we can really train or habituate them to so if your pet is really worried, I probably wouldn't recommend homeopathic treatment and um, things like rescue remedy um, or other herbs. We don't really know if they're safe for pets and we don't really know if they're effective, if they do anything. But most importantly, we don't know what the toxic limit is. So for a lot of those homeopathic remedies, a lot of them will have an upper limit of a dose for a human. Um, and that can sometimes be quite well established. But we have no idea for pets. And, you know, pets come big, small, furry, short hair, you know, very, very different as a species. So it's impossible, really, um, unless you're doing kind of a scientific drug to know exactly what's safe and what's effective. So I wouldn't encourage homeopathic treatment. If you're really worried that your pet gets super, super anxious and you feel it's really impacting on the quality of life, it may be time to have a chat with your vet. We would never really recommend full on sedation for storms or thunder and lightning. But there are some medications that if your pet is extremely anxious and it can't be environmentally managed, that your vet may be able to prescribe in specific situations to take the edge off a little bit. But it's not a long term solution. But if that's something you're concerned about, have a chat with your vet. They'll discuss the situation and see if that's something that might be appropriate to help your pet out. OK, listener says my one year old neutered, wormed and well fed Tomcat has started to lose weight. I've also noticed is sleeping a lot more why is that was neutered six weeks ago okay that's a little unusual if he's just been neutered i'm going to take the liberty of assuming he's probably a younger cat um, sometimes they can begin to lose weight in the summer if he is a young male cat they are big hunters they will go out and about sometimes they'll you know change their circadian rhythm massively so that they become almost nocturnal um, they can begin to lose weight purely because they're exercising and hunting so much but it is really important that if you've noticed weight loss and your pet is not active like that or you feel they're in any way unwell in themselves that you visit the vet um, and just to get him a really good check over, you know, in younger cats, it doesn't tend to be, you know, a big flag for serious issues, but we always don't want to do them the injustice of missing out on something big for them. So if you're concerned about your pet and you feel he's changed, it's always best to err on the side of caution. Um, but as I say, you can sometimes get weight loss during the, the summertime when they're super active and you can get changes in sleeping pattern as well. So sometimes they can become nocturnal hunters inside in the summer. They're out and about having all their fun in the evening hours. So it can appear that they sleep more during the day when we're awake to see them sleeping but again sleeping more lethargy fatigue can be signs of serious illness so it is it is important if you have any concerns about your pet to check get, get yeah it, out it might it. be as you say it might be nothing but better off to get get, get it checked now somebody wants to know uh, when a pet dies what options are open to the owner in terms of the remains and what happens to the remains do local vets provide a service Oh, so this this is um I suppose uh, yeah it's a really interesting one I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are curious about curious about yeah. this one but when the time comes you know it's a quite a difficult thing to ask or to comprehend so there are a number of options I suppose the the most traditional one is um having having the pet come back home with you after they've passed for burial now that might be feasible for some people in if they you know 
own their own house, their own land, um, and that's kind of permissible in your area, that may be feasible. But sometimes people who live in an urban area or, you know, don't own a property, that may, that may not be feasible. So in those situations, or if you just prefer, if burial is not the route that you'd like to take for your pet, cremation is a service that most veterinary practices can arrange, okay? So um, I think it's really important to do this through a vet because generally veterinary practices will have a really good working relationship with the crematorium that they use and know exactly kind of that it's to a good standard and that your pet is treated with respect. And, and I think that that's, that's really, really important that we do afford you, do, that. Do you get ashes back? You can do. Oh. So usually there's an option well, where I suppose one option would be that you'd say goodbye to your pet at that point and not get any ashes back. But yeah. there are there are options with most crematoriums that you can have a, a private cremation and have your pet's ashes back. And sometimes people will get those back in what's called scatter tubes so that they can scatter them somewhere like we would scatter a person's ashes. And sometimes you can elect to get them back in, in almost like a little casket, sometimes with their name on top. It varies oh, from, from crematorium to crematorium, but your own vet will be really well aware of what the options are with the crematorium that they work with and usually let's say from from the point at which your pet passes away your vet will be able to arrange that and organize that with the external crematorium in most cases what i'd say is you know don't be afraid to ask the question i know it's a really nervous and i suppose really worrying time if that is on the horizon for you and your pet um but there are lots of options out there i'm sure there'll be something to suit you and your pet to give them i suppose the the, the i suppose the 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 respect that they deserve in in as they pass and provide you with some comfort so don't be afraid to ask your vet it's a question we're very used to being asked and we'll be able to have a good discussion with you. Got to be the hardest part of your work, Jane, is it uh, when that end know, of life? It's it's not easy. It's not easy. And I think it's just the impact that I suppose the pet passing has on the family yeah. around them is, is some of the hardest stuff to see. But I think the thing is they have that impact because they were so well loved. And mm. that's lovely because they've had a wonderful life with them. Um, and, and, you know, I think pets add so much to our lives and we add so much to theirs. And I think for we all wish they'd live as long as humans. That'd be brilliant. But the sad thing is that they don't and their life is fleeting. But I think in a way it's really helpful as as a vet, although it's very upsetting being involved when, let's say, pets are helped on their way to pass away. It can actually be, I suppose, it's great to be able to give them some dignity in their passing. Um, and that's really helpful that we can avoid any suffering or deterioration in the quality of life. So it is tough, but, you know, it's it's a it's a privilege to be able to help out with. OK, OK. And just very finally, um, and I, I don't know how you can answer this, but uh, your namesake, Jane in Mallow, has been on to say she has cats, uh, but they've noticed there's a fox visiting their garden. Now, he doesn't seem to bother or attack the cats in any way, but she's wondering, should she be concerned? If, if the fox doesn't seem bothered and the cats don't seem bothered by the fox and the cats are all adult, I think that's a key thing. Um, so they're kind of big and bold enough to be able to take care of themselves if there was any bit of a standoff. It may not be a huge concern. Now, that said, I temper that with I have seen some fox attacks or some wildlife attacks of an un- unidentified nature. So, you know, I keep a little bit of an eye on their behavior. Just be sure that your, your, your pets are kind of, I suppose, monitored and you know where they are. I think the likelihood is if they're not bothered with each other, they're probably just going to go about their respective days and largely ignore and not interact with each other. But um, just just err on the side of caution. Keep an eye. Yeah, I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I, I had a cat in West Cork that was killed by a fox. No, it was a young, it was oh, a young uh, kitten. Yeah, and it was heartbreaking. Anyway, yeah. listen, we wrap it up there. Listen, have a great week and we'll chat to you again next Thursday.
You too. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for Patricia. that, Jane Pickett, the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, and they're part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed.